Dylan James, Out of Bounds, coming through your speakers right now, and I'm just really excited about the show tonight. I mean, we were kind of talking before we before we started this whole thing, and man, I, there's so much that went on this weekend, so much that's still going on right now. We're watching the Vikings and Eagles as we speak, and the Vikings are... Coming back in this game, I mean, I'm sorry, the Eagles are coming back in this game. It's 20-14 to 14 right now as we speak with five minutes left to go. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings have the ball as of right now. They're trying to ice it, but the Eagles were looking pretty good coming out of the second half. Anyway, we have a lot more to talk about, but JT, first off, how are you, sir? How's your week been? Wait, we got a lot of stuff that happens this weekend? I, I didn't pay attention, Dylan. I would was celebrating my 30th birthday yesterday. Yes, happy birthday, JT. Thank you very much. And everyone else who's wished me happy birthday, I really appreciate it on social media. But uh, And, of course, Dylan, you were there uh, for a long night on Friday night. (laughs) A really long night. Yeah, I was feeling that the next morning. Don't worry. uh, Trust me, I did too. (laughs) I definitely did. But don't worry, guys. I am here. I'm still alive. I'm only one day in my 30s, and... Trying to make the most of it. Yeah. So, very glad that my weekend went very well. But, with the sports stuff, yeah, Dylan, we had a lot of action that happened this past weekend with the Magic doing their NBA preseason right now. UCF, still 18 straight games now they've won. Ooh, they've undefeated. Done exceptionally well for them. And then, of course, Orlando City, well, we'll talk about them later. But, it's been really good, Dylan, in sports this week. And Orlando trying to get their uh, the Alliance of American Football League team going in a few months' time. So we'll see how that goes. But besides all that, NFL looking good with a lot of good teams in there. The Browns playing hard, getting another win. Uh, Titans, uh, we'll talk about them in a minute. College football, of course. My Longhorns finally snapping that looting streak against Oklahoma, getting that done. The Gators getting a big win as well. And Dylan, Tennessee... I think Tennessee was off this week, right? They had a bye week this week, okay. so I can't complain about them this week. <laughs> Next week, you though, win, watch out for lose. it. Exactly. So, exactly. There you go. But yes, the game today, man, Dylan, these NFL games have been crazy today. The Packers struggling today offensively. Mason Crosby, their kicker, five field goals. He yeah. missed. I, I don't get it. Four field goals. One I don't think point I've ever attempt. seen anything like that in a in a game today. I no, no, and especially from Mason Crosby. We're not talking about some about some random. Um, rookie kicker in the league. We're talking about Mason Crosby, a seasoned veteran, going into this game knowing they needed help in the kicking game because they had zero wide receivers to throw to. Cobb was out with an injury. Geronimo Allison was out with an injury as well. Mm -hmm. So they had no wide receiver help in that game. Aaron Rodgers had a great second half, but it all went to nothing because Mason Crosby just couldn't finish today. Yeah, Dylan, and then another game that happened today, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, that game was like crazy. Look, the, the Panthers were going to blow them out, and then the Giants made a late comeback. Shaquan Barkley with two crazy touchdowns, and they had to lead. They were up 31-30, to 30. and then the Cam Newton kicks his team down the field, and then Graham Cano kicks a 63-yard field goal out of nowhere and gets it. From what I saw in that game, I think OBJ should start as quarterback next week for the Giants. (laughs) I really do. He actually had a a really good pass to Saquon Barkley for that touchdown. Um, You know, it's sad to say that a wide receiver on your team 
is probably a better quarterback option than your starting quarterback. Uh, Eli Manning has not been looking good so far. Um, in this situation, I mean, you have to look at it this way because the draft, you know, happened. We got Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Do, do the Giants regret that decision? Do they regret having Saquon Barkley instead of getting a quarterback in the draft, in the first round? Well, Dylan, I think after everything that happened last season with McAdoo and how that was a, a fire storm and all that, the Giants felt, you know, Eli Benning got a bad rap and let's you know, get him another chance to redeem himself. Odell Beckham had his contract situation that was taken care of. And you got Shake Juan Barkley, who was lighting up during the preseason. So I don't blame the Giants for taking Shake Juan Barkley, excuse me, to me was one of the best players in the draft. You had to take him since the team that was ahead of him picked a quarterback. Now, having said that, are the Giants going to have to get a quarterback at some point? Of course they are. Eli Manning's not getting younger. He's getting old like me, you know. So <laughs> he's got to. <laughs> He's, you got to, you know, end that train at some point and get someone behind the front end to develop. Eli Manning know it's going to happen. But you look at it, though, with Saquon Barkley. We talked about this before the show started. The first five weeks of the season, he's ran 100-plus scrimmage. He's had 100-plus scrimmage yards each week. Five weeks. Over 500 scrimmage, yard, scrimmage yards for Saquon Barkley alone. But guess what? They're still losing. They're one and four on the season. At, at a certain point, you can't put it on the shoulders of a running back. You can't. Like De- De- Demarco Murray, same thing with the Titans. When we had Demarco Murray, the first season he came in with the Titans, we put everything on on his shoulders because we still had a young quarterback in Marcus Mariota. We were trying to establish the run, have the ground and pound situation. But guess what? We didn't go far. And that's the reason why you cannot put your game on the shoulders of a running back and expect to win each and every week in the NFL. It's not going to happen. At a certain point, they are going to have to go to the waiver wire. They are going to have to go to the free agency to get a quarterback because Eli Manning is just not cutting it in New York. Who's the backup in New York anyway? I have no idea. See? We don't even know who the backup (laughs) is. I have no idea. So in my mind, I think it'd be great if the Giants went to free agency and got a quarterback. I mean, at a certain point, you have to. Um, I, I think you're just wasting the talent of the players on your roster by playing Eli Manning each and every week because he's such an inconsistent passer. Today, he did put up points, yes, but, I mean, he could be even better. If he actually score points, they may actually be 2-3, and 3-2. Three, three and two. I mean, it, it's just it's not a good season for the Giants so far. Eli Manning is a problem in that offense and maybe Ben McAdoo was right benching him last year. I, I think benching Eli Manning last year was the right decision. Yeah, and unfortunately, Dylan, for the Giants, it's not any easier because they got to play the Eagles, who are playing right now and still losing, on Thursday Night Football this week. And they will also have to play the week after the Atlanta Falcons, who I know are struggling too. They're one in, I think they're one in three, one in four, two as well. So that's another team that's been struggling. The Falcons, especially that performance against the Steelers today. James Conner, the running back. Abysmal. Killed the Falcons' defense today. He scored 30 points in fantasy, too. Just, it was insane. Um, uh, Devontae Freeman came back in this game, though, which was good for the Atlanta Falcons. But he could not get anything going as well. I had him on my fantasy team. I think he scored me four points in fantasy. Um, Even with um, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman couldn't run anything either. 
the, the defense in Pittsburgh, they did a great job today in this game and held the Falcons to 17 points. Like that, that's, that's great for the Steelers defense. I thought the Steelers defense was getting soft, um, watching them the past few weeks, but they actually played a really good game. The offense put it together. Ben, big Ben threw three touchdowns in this game with an interception, but still, I mean, I, they had a great game. Antonio Brown had a great game today too. Two touchdowns for Antonio Brown. So, um, and Juju Smith-Schuster got a touchdown too, and apparently decided to give birth to a football. Ugh. You see his touchdown celebration? I, I didn't. I don't want to see it. <laughs> uh, it, was a little, it was a little strange on that one. I but don't know about that. Anyway, back to your New York Giants question real quick. Their quarterbacks that are currently on the roster for behind Eli Manning is a rookie named Kyle Laluda. He went to the University of Richmond. And their other quarterback is Alex Taney. Alex Taney, Taney excuse me. He's a Titan. Didn't he used to play for the Titans? He used to play for the, for the Titans. Titans. Yeah, yeah, he did. So those are their quarterbacks on their roster. He's not good. <laughs> That's why he used to. <laughs> play for the Titans. So I, you know, at a certain point, Eli Manning is going to have to have a replacement come in in free agency um, or a trade or something. I don't know, but there has to be something's got to give in New York. And I think they have a good enough team to actually make a run, but they just have to have a good quarterback. They have to have a quarterback that can extend plays. And also that offensive line, it might be a question as well. They might have to do some things on the offensive line to keep Eli upright and simplify the playbook a little bit. Yeah, Dylan, another team that's done very well this season is the Kansas City Chiefs. They just keep on winning. Undefeated. You know, and uh, yeah, they're undefeated as well. Beat the Jaguars, which certainly helped our team, the Titans, a lot, who we'll talk about in a sec. And, you know, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, still, he's still doing it. Even though it looked a little nerve-wracking because look at the Jaguars trying to get back in the game. But Blake Bortles, he had some interceptions there that Kind of hurt his team down the stretch. Yeah, and Jacksonville was the number one pass defense against the number one pass offense. And guess who won? The pass offense did. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked great today. He's looked great all season, even though he threw two interceptions. He still threw two interceptions and had a great game today. So, you know, with that offense, it's scary. I, I think if we would have faced that offense last season in the playoffs, the Titans, it would have been a completely different ball game. I don't think it would have been as close as we kept it in that playoff game. But I'm telling you, Patrick Mahomes, he is every, – everything about Patrick Mahomes is exactly what we were expecting from him. I, you know, they kept saying he looks great in, in training camp. He looks great in practice. Um, he looks like he's going to be an elite quarterback in the league. And so far, he's just as described. He's just as advertised. So does Patrick Mahomes continue this trend, especially seeing his performance against Jaguars today? And in my mind, the answer to that question is yes, he does. Of course, especially because the Chiefs are – look at that division. The Broncos, they lost the Jets today, which says a lot. And then you have, of course, the Raiders that are continuing the struggle down there in the AFC West. And then, of course, the Chargers, which – no one shows up to their game. So the Chiefs are clearly going to be the favorites to win the AFC West. No doubt about it. Now, how far can they go to the playoffs? Remember, Dylan, they were 5-0 and last this time last year. And yet, our team, the Titans, crashed their playoff party. Well, they did. So they did. Let's not forget that. And the Titans still have a, a, an elite defense. Don't get me wrong. Today's game could have been a lot worse than it was. 
I think that the the defense on the Titans they they have a really really good core. Uh, they have good corners. They have Logan Ryan. They have Adoree Jackson, which he had an interception today. Um, they have some great key players on defense, and they're getting pressure on the quarterback like they did today. Um, you know, I, I think that against the Kansas City Chief team, it might be a little bit closer than especially what we saw today in Jacksonville with Jacksonville and the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, still, I think. Kansas City is a completely different team than they were last year, especially with this quarterback. And that's what—that's why I questioned Eli Manning being the quarterback in New York still. Because you look at Patrick Mahomes. You look at that system with Alex Smith last year, and if Patrick Mahomes was in that system last year for that playoff game, like I said before, I think we would have had trouble in the playoffs. I, I, I think we would have probably lost that game with Patrick Mahomes at the helm of the Chiefs' offense. So, you know, that uh, it's... All the difference in the world that a quarterback makes, and especially in that offense, it makes that offense more potent having Patrick Mahomes in there instead of Alex Smith. Even though Alex Smith is still flourishing in Washington, he's doing a great job there with the Redskins, he's just not at the level of a Patrick Mahomes, and he is just electrifying um, in and out of the pocket. It's just absolutely incredible to watch. Well, yeah, Dylan, speaking of the Titans, we had a game today against the uh, Buffalo Bills, and... Dylan, it didn't end the result we had were hoping for. Uh, the, like you mentioned, our defense was very good today against the Bills, kept them under you know twenty points. But our Titans, our offense really struggled today. Marcus Mariota had a pass to your boy Marcus Williams, and it goes right through his hands. I'm like, what are you doing, Nick Williams? Uh, Nick Williams? Not, why is it Marcus? Yeah, Nick Williams. No, uh, you said Marcus Mariota. I can yeah. see the I can <laughs> see the comparison. Um, Nick Williams, they were praising him as the next slot receiver, the next, um, you know, Wesley, what not, I'm sorry, who are we talking about? Wes Welker, um, somebody along those lines, but watching him today, I don't know what they were talking about. This kid is not a good wide receiver. It, it, it was as if he was just thrown in off the street, put in a Titans uniform and said, go catch a football. He had no skill whatsoever. He had a wide open. First of all, let's talk about the interception that happened on Marcus Mariota. That was the one bad play on Marcus Mariota for the day. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't even his fault. It was Nick Williams' fault. Nick Williams just gave up on the play. Marcus threw to Nick Williams in the slot in a slant and threw in front of him, which he's supposed to do. But Nick Williams just stopped running. Let the cornerback come over the come over his right shoulder and just catch the football. That shouldn't have happened. First of all, Nick Williams should have swatted the ball away. Should have overpowered um, the defender or something because it, it shouldn't have happened that way. Second one was a wide open pass for a touchdown. It was on a third down. Marcus rolled out of the pocket to his left. He saw Nick Williams open. Threw a beautiful pass to Nick Williams right in the bread basket. But guess what he does? Flat out drops it. How do you expect to win games if you don't score touchdowns? You can, We can't have a game like Jacksonville every single week. Yeah, that was crazy. The Bills' defense, and we knew that Bills' defense was good coming in, but to hold Marcus Mariota to only 150 points, 150, point, 150 t- yards, and then our only offensive drive was our kicker, Ryan Suckup. He was our base, our offensive MVP of the game today, because if it wasn't for him, I mean, who knows who, how bad we would have lost by? 
at least he had a better day than Mason Crosby. But still, I yeah. mean, the Titans, I agree with you, Dylan. They got to figure something out with the offense because that's going to be critical down the stretch. Now, lucky for us, Dylan, we're, as of right now, we're still in first place in the AFC South because Jacksonville lost, Houston plays the Cowboys, and the Colts lost to the Patriots on Thursday night. So we are still in it, but we got to get the offense clicking. And one more thing, too, with Taewon Taylor. Taewon Taylor caught a pass today, fumbled the ball, and it led to a touchdown for the, by the Buffalo Bills. That turned the game as well. I think that if we would have gotten that t- if it, we'd gotten that touchdown back um, to where we could keep driving the ball with Taewon Taylor, and if Nick Williams would have caught the ball, that's a 14-point swing right there to where we could have won this game handedly. But, again, it's it's the players on offense, the wide receivers, they just need to do something. I, I think we need veteran presence on the wide receiving core. We really do. There's no reason that we don't have a veteran player out there besides Corey Davis. Uh, he's, he's the most – I mean, Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor, Dewan Jennings. I mean, yeah, they're good wide receivers, but we need a veteran presence, and I think that we need to do that soon. I think we need to add somebody on there very, very soon. Rashard Matthews was a great uh, veteran presence on the team, but he just wanted to go somewhere else, which I completely understand. He didn't have many looks when he was in the offense, but I think that there can be a player we can find in free agency that would make it to where we could be competitive with our wide receiving core. I I think that Corey Davis cannot lead this team as the quote-unquote veteran presence. He can't. We saw it today. Like, he just he could not do it. So we need to get a veteran wide receiver in there. I don't know who we need to pick up. Des Bryant's still available. I know he is a locker room nightmare, but, I mean, he, he might be able to help the Titans. Who knows? But I'm sure there are other wide receivers out there in free agency that we can look at and bring in, and they could be successful right away with Marcus Mariota throwing them the ball, which they can actually catch the ball. Like Nick Williams couldn't. Also, send Nick Williams back to the practice squad. He doesn't deserve being in the league yet. <laughs> well, sounds like we'll have to get Amy Wells on the podcast shortly. And we need to. Get that campaign going, Dylan. We need to. All right, Dylan, just to wrap up the NFL talk. Right now, the Vikings, though, they're going to hang on to beat the Eagles on the road. So, an impressive win for the Vikings after snapping their, looks like they're going to snap their looting streak they got going on there. The Cardinals are up 27-12 to right now on the 49ers. So those are going to win that game. And then the Rams have come back. They have a 33-31 to lead over the Seattle Seahawks as of right now. Also, Adam Thielen is the first NFL player in history to have 100-plus receiving yards in the first five weeks of the, of, this, of the season. First player in NFL history. Now, what does that tell you about Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins can win you football games, and he just did. He just did by two points over the Super Bowl champions. We won last week against Super Bowl champions. First of all, I mean, I don't think it's because Philadelphia is a bad team. I really don't. They're just injured, Dylan. They have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of injuries. Up. I think their wide receiving core is, is not you know, good right Super now either. Super Bowl hangover maybe. Who knows? But Who knows? They're, they're, like I said, the Eagles, with the Giants struggling, the Cowboys struggling. You know they won last week, and they play later tonight. And then, of course, the, um, the Redskins with Alex Smith. Who knows? So, to me, Dylan, the Eagles, they still have a chance to make it the division or at least a wild card. Yeah. It's, it's still early. They're 2-3 and three right now. Uh, Minnesota moves to 2-2-1 two, two and one because of the overtime 
um, game, that tie they had earlier in the season. So Lots of ties this past month in the NFL. Yeah, and we almost so had weird. a two-board today. We almost did. Uh, it's it's crazy to see all these close games, but it's it's compelling for the NFL because it shows you there are a lot of teams. It's going to be a changing of the guard this year. I don't think the Patriots are playing. They're not playing as well as they have, and it's because Tom Brady's not playing as well as he should be, which, guess what? Bill Belichick forecasted that last year by having Jimmy Garoppolo and saying, we should get rid of Tom Brady. Let's move on from Tom and get Jimmy Garoppolo in there. But guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo is now with the San Francisco 49ers. He's out. He's out for the year. For though. the year <laughs> with an ACL tear or injury or whatever. So, I mean, I'm telling you, Bill Belichick saw it. He knew it was going to happen. Tom Brady's not playing at the level he has been playing in the past few seasons. And it shows. It's I mean, not like his fault. Like it's, before, it's, it's father time. He's getting old. It's father time. It He's is. what, 41, 42 right now? And he doesn't have many wide receivers either. Josh Gordon, yeah. however. Yeah, looked, Josh Gordon, he got his first touchdown. He looked pretty good. In the game on Thursday. And there's still, I think the Patriots still are just trying to hang on until Julian Edelman gets out of his suspension. Once he's done, maybe they'll start clicking. I mean, yes, the Patriots, I still expect them at the playoffs, Dylan. But I don't think they're going to go all the way. Right now, Dylan, you got the Rams and the Chiefs who are undefeated. And those two things, with the way those offenses are clicking right now, that could be your Super Bowl matchup. That'd be a killer Super Bowl matchup. I would watch that any day. Any day. Um, it's just, it's incredible to see the Patriots struggling as hard as they are. But then you also, like, I, like you said, the Rams, which, just imagine, three seasons ago, Jeff Fisher was the head coach of the Rams. And they were abysmal in the NFL. They were in the bottom five teams of the NFL. Now, Sean McVay comes in there to Los Angeles with the Rams, and they're lighting it up every single week. And it's just because of the playmakers they have. Todd Gurley, Jared Goff. I mean, they have some great players on that team. And Brandon Cooks got injured tonight, but still, guess what? The Rams still played very, very well against Seattle Seahawks. They're playing well right now. They're up by two with two minutes left to go in the game. So, I mean, they have the playmakers. They have the depth. Um, It's going to be very hard for the Rams to to do worse than they are right now. I really think the Rams are going to keep going, keep being a powerhouse in the NFC, and they're going to disrupt some things going into the playoffs. Now let's move on to um, our next topic, college football. We'll recap the games that we had in the college game day pick em. I didn't do so well in the college game day pick em this weekend um, because, well, one, I chose Texas to lose, and... Guess what? They won by a field goal. Um, Dicker, the kicker. That's right. Him. Um, Florida went in against LSU in the swamp. And I guess home field is a huge thing for Florida because they beat LSU 27-19. Yeah, Dylan. What happened in this game was LSU was up like 10 points second half. Florida came back to have a 14-10 lead at halftime. And then LSU was still hanging in there. And in the fourth quarter... Uh, Florida started running trick plays to keep them up in the game. And then late in the game, LSU was going to go down the field. And then the Florida defense got an interception, ran it down the end of the field to put that game away for them to win the game 27-19. So this is a huge win for the, the Florida Gators. Uh, Felipe Franks, Felipe Franks, you know, getting that trick play to set up that game-winning touchdown for them. Uh, so that was very awesome for the Florida Gators. And for the Gators, Dylan, they are right now third in the SEC East, but they still got a, a chance to play Georgia and 
crashed that party, and he still got Kentucky. I know they lost to A&M this past weekend, but they're 5-1, 3-1 in the division. So the Gators, if they can find a way to win against Georgia, they can blow that division wide open. Where in the SEC West right now, Dylan, Alabama's on cruise control right now. Yeah, they are. Um, Alabama's definitely on cruise control. They have a pretty easy schedule coming up um, to end the the season to go into the college football playoffs. So. Yeah, they got Missouri this weekend, while LSU has another tough game against the Dogs in Georgia this week. Yeah, um, looking at – so with those games, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Um, we'll talk about the rankings. The AP rankings came out top 25 and we'll talk about the top five teams and who has the best chance of not making the college football playoff in the top five right now um but let's move on to another top five team right now notre dame versus virginia tech notre dame went into virginia tech and blew the doors off the roof 45 to 23 yeah Dylan, very impressive from notre dame and notre dame a lot the playoff committee and everybody's looking at them right now like hey this team could really crash the the playoff party right now Notre Dame's going a lot of points. As I mentioned in our video a couple days ago, their offense is getting like 40-plus points a game, and their defense is getting less, giving up less than 20, even though they gave up 23 points to Virginia Tech this weekend. But, wow, Notre Dame's been very impressive, and they got not a hard schedule. I mean, they only got Navy, and they have USC at the end of the season. That could crash their party. But if USC keeps us up undefeated, I can't see, Dylan, how you can leave them out the playoff after they've been very impressive with a lot of their games so far. You really can't. I mean, they look really, really good this season. Um, and I think Brian Kelly is doing a great job with that team. He, he always does. And it's always just the luck of the draw when it comes to injuries and things of that nature with Notre Dame. I mean, the past five years, they've actually been a force in college football every single season until something happens, until there's a mishap in the season um, and they just start losing games and it just it's a snowball effect. Um, this year, do you see Notre Dame actually continuing their winning ways going into uh, the playoff, uh, college football playoff and things of that nature later on this season? Yeah, Dylan, if their quarterback, Ian Book, keeps this up, Dylan, he's going to basically help carry that team to the playoff. He already has 887 passing yards, nine touchdowns, only one interception. And he's a game manager. He, he knows how to manage the plays. He knows how to, you know, not just rush, throw the balls out there. He's a very manageable uh, quarterback, and he's a junior. So he's been in the system for a while. He knows the, to get the players the, the ball to get the offense clicking. And that's how I think, Dylan, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish have done so well this season. And I expect them to continue to do that, Dylan. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the other game we had, Miami versus Florida State in Miami. This was a huge game, too. This was a very, very close game. Went down to the wire, but Miami hung in there, won 28-27 against a feisty Florida State team who is just reeling this season. Um, they're not playing good football at all. Um, Francois actually was 15-30 of 30 for 129 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But on the other side of the ball, Perry, 13-32, of 32, 204 yards and four touchdowns. Just could not stop this offense during this game, um, but still Florida State had a chance, and they just withered away. They couldn't do it. Yeah, Dylan, the Florida State team, they were up early in this game, Dylan. They were up like 20-7 to at halftime. But the second half, Dylan, it was all the U as they came flying out of the second half, and Florida State, I mean, you basically collapsed this season. And we already know, Dylan, Florida State, 
They've been struggling this first month and or so of the college football season. Sitting there at three and three, one and two in the ACC, Dylan. No one expected that, and you're third towards the bottom in their in your division. Not looking good for the Florida State Seminoles, Dylan. And for Miami, even though they lost their first game at LSU, they've now won five straight games, Dylan. Very impressive win for the uh, the U, and they're on top of the ACC because Virginia Tech is struggling right now in that in the Coastal Division. So it's looking right right now, Dylan. You could see Clemson and Miami in the ACC championship game in December. They're doing a great job. Miami's doing a great job running the ball, passing the ball. Um, they, they have a, an overall great offense. Their defense is very stout as well, holding Florida State to that 27-point lead for the entire second half. I mean, it, it was impressive to see them come back and claw back into this game to get it to 28-27. Um, at one point, Florida State was favored. They had a win probability of 95.1% until about the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then it shot over to Miami. Um, just absolutely incredible game by Miami. Great resilience there. And let's see if they can continue their winning ways um, and move on uh, and hopefully do some things in the rankings the next few weeks. But uh, last game we'll talk about Mississippi State versus Auburn. This game did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Miss- Mississippi State came back and won this game 23-9 to at Mississippi State. Yeah, Dylan, I was very surprised with that result. Uh, especially when leading up to the game, everyone was talking about their quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, and how he had been struggling and only had four touchdowns and two interceptions. But Mississippi State came to play today, or last night. And Auburn, Dylan, we talked. I kind of talked about this during the, uh, the video a couple of days ago. But one area that I was concerned about was their running back. And their running back, Jartavius Whitlow, he had a play, Dylan, where he was going down a field. He was going to score. He got taken down, and then he fumbles the ball, like right near the goal line. And that could have changed the game and kept Auburn in it. But he fumbled the ball, and Auburn, they only got three points the first half. And the second half, they only got six points. They just couldn't get the ball clicking offensively. And Nick Fitzgerald, it's not like he... You know, killed the place. He only got sixty-nine passing yards the entire game. Didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, and then the, but Auburn's quarterback Jared Seatham didn't do much either. I mean, he had two hundred fourteen passing yards, but again, no touchdowns. So very surprised result, Dylan, for both this game. But hey, you gotta get credit to Mississippi State after that devastating loss to the Florida Gators last week. They bounced back in a huge way with a huge win. So with uh, with Florida, when they won against Mississippi State last week, um, you know, it, we thought it was a fluke. Um, it was just a one-week thing. You know, any, anything can happen on any given Saturday. Um, but seeing this game now, them winning against Auburn so handedly, do you th- have more credence towards Florida as a football team now? I think so. It certainly helps football or f- football Florida's schedule because if they're trying to get in, you know, a major bowl game or the playoffs, they look at that win that Mississippi State got as very positive. And for the Florida Gators, like I mentioned, for them, they just got to keep trying to win. Win games and We'll see what they do. I mean, I'm not surprised Florida winning that game last night. I mean, Tim Tebow was there getting the ring of honor. So we'll see how the Gators do, Dylan. They got a big game a couple weeks against Georgia. So that's what everyone's talking about. But let's talk about some other notable college football news. Nebraska and UCLA both lost again this week. So both programs, Dylan, are sitting there 
at 0-5. And UCLA had a chance late in that game, but just could not capitalize. That's right. UCF, as we mentioned earlier in the show, they are still undefeated after getting a big win over SMU. Their 18th straight victory, the longest streak in the country so far. And with the AP poll that came out today, they are ranked number 10 in the country. So it's the highest they've been in quite some time. Of course, the highest they got was six, but that was the end of last year. This year, this is the highest they've been after like almost two months in the season. So UCF is knocking on the door. Let's see if they can continue to make it happen. If they win out, what's the likelihood on a scale from one to ten? What's the likelihood that they're considered for the college football playoff? I think they will be considered, Dylan, but again, it's going to depend on the teams ranked ahead of them. And this is why I say, Dylan, they need teams like Alabama to lose, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia. Everybody that's basically ranked ahead of them is going to have to lose at least a game, maybe two for them to get the nod over. And that, that's the only way I see it, Dylan, because of their strength to schedule. I think it's a rose ranked, what, 80th in the country or something like that? And it's not UCS' fault. Because they, I told people, colleges, they schedule their schedule like, what, eight years in advance? And probably no one knew eight years ago UCF was going to be this good. I certainly did it. True. So, and they're on cloud nine right now, breaking records and doing all these great things. So, and UCF, to their credit, they've tried to get big-name opponents to come play them. But North Carolina nope. this year. Yeah, and Georgia Tech last year, but that game got rained out. Both games got rained out. Or because the, of the hurricane. <laughs> North Carolina got delayed or got canceled because of the hurricane. They said they would try to reschedule it, but I don't think it's happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's just a tough break for UCF because I think UCF, if they had a game like that on a national stage and beat their opponent like an NC State, like or not NC State, like a North Carolina Tar Heels or like um, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, I think they would actually be considered a dominant team in college football. But until they play an opponent like that, I don't think they're going to be taken seriously. Um, but like you said, the top five teams, one of those teams has to lose. So looking at those five teams, which team has the easiest way to get to the college football playoff this year? Oh, no doubt. The easiest is Clemson because Clemson doesn't have any ranked opponents. And as I mentioned, they only have a couple of tough games. Florida State, if they get things fair, it could be one. But the other one, obviously, is the ACC championship game against Miami, who they're most likely going to play. I know their quarterback is transferring Kelly. They got Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be back after missing the last couple games with a concussion. But once he gets things going, I think Clemson's going to roll, run the table, and they're the most likely to make the playoff. Notre Dame is the second choice because they have the easiest schedule. Like I mentioned, only two tough games left down the stretch, Navy, USC. If they win out, you got to put Navy in. Ohio State, Dylan, they still got two Michigan schools, Michigan State, and they got Michigan at the end of the year. And if they get through that, you still got to go to the Big Ten Championship game who you're most likely going to play Wisconsin. Alabama, okay, yeah, you got LSU. Yeah, you got Auburn. And you'll probably have to play Georgia in the championship game. But this is Alabama, Dylan. They're on up here and everybody else is down here. And they've averaged like, what, 40-something points the last two or three games? They're blowing everybody out right now in the SEC West right now. And then we got, who, who am I missing? Georgia. Oh, Georgia. We got Georgia. They Georgia's got LSU a brutal next week. schedule. Then they're off. Then they have Florida, number 22 Florida, number 13 Kentucky, number 8 Auburn. Uh, just an awful slate. And those I think those are old rankings, actually, because Florida is now um, up there. I, be, I believe they're, what, number 14, something like that? 
Something like that. I think so. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're, they're ranked higher now, but that's just the schedule we have. So LSU, Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn are the next four games they have. Um, that's, those are going to be tough games for Georgia. I think if Georgia comes out of that unscathed, they should be the national champions this year. I, I really think so, that they will be the ones who will beat Alabama and you know in the, in the SEC championship game and move forward. I think that that will be um, the team to beat in the country. But again, that's a tough slate to go up against for any team. Even Alabama would have trouble with this slate. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia does. I think Georgia will suffer the first loss out of those five teams, and that could be a potential opening for UCF to move up, but at least two teams in the top five will have to have a loss for UCF to have any chance of getting in. And granted, they win all their games the rest of the season. They have to go undefeated if they have any shot of the college football playoff, and we'll see what happens. Um, and, And maybe in the future we'll see an expansion of the college football playoff they, people still debate that every single day. They still haven't talked about doing that, but I mean, at this point, you see these good college teams. I think they would be a, a, genera- a revenue generating thing to actually expand the college football playoff. Um, so I don't know why the NCAA hasn't looked into this further, but they should definitely do so if they haven't yet. All right, Dylan. Well, let's move on to some hockey news. Yes, people. I know we've been gone for almost a month. We got the college pick for next week, man. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. You can't skip over the college pick My bad. My bad. All right. So, college pick We'll do this quick. It's fine. We won't have we long got... details or anything. <laughs> we'll just do it quick. We got Tennessee against Auburn. Dylan, I know Tennessee's close to your heart, my friend. But did they have any chance? Auburn's down right now. They've been losing. Uh, do you think they got Tennessee has a chance for an upset on the road? Auburn is down, but not out. Auburn's going to win this game in Auburn. I agree. I think Auburn's going to bounce back after that tough loss against Mississippi State. They'll bounce back and win at home. Next one we got is Georgia at LSU. Dylan, it's a very close game. I think LSU is going to try to keep it close. Justin Burrow has to have a game of his life for them to have any chance to win. But I think, Dylan, the dogs are going to get this win on the road. Dylan, who you got? Georgia is the overall better team. I think that with LSU, they have some they have some trouble um, at the quarterback position. He is good. He is a serviceable quarterback, but he cannot play from behind. I think that LSU will have a tough time with the Georgia Bulldogs. I think Georgia will come in there and steamroll the LSU Tigers. All right, Dylan. Next we got up on the list is the Washington Huskies going on the road to take on the Oregon Ducks. Dylan, who are you looking at in that game? Oregon has a powerful offense. So does Washington, though. This is going to be a really, really tight game. I, th- I think it's going to go down to the wire. Um, in this game, though, you know what? I'm going to call for an upset because I think it, at home, Oregon, I think, will put it to bed. I think that Oregon will come out of this game with a win, and Washington will drop a few pegs on the pecking order in the top 25. Dylan, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but with Washington, with their quarterback, Jake Browning, their running back, Miles Gaskin, and then you got... Aaron Fuller as their top receiver right now. I mean, the Huskies are on fire right now. I know they crushed UCLA, but I think the Huskies are going to find a way to win on the road against the Oregon Ducks. All right, Dylan, next one we got is Wisconsin going on the road to the big house to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Dylan, I think it's going to be a very close game. These two teams, you got Michigan getting their offense figured out in Wisconsin with a very, very stellar defense. I think Dylan's going to be a very, very tight game. 
But I'm going to go for an upset. I think Wisconsin Badgers are going to go to the big house, and they're going to upset the Wolverines on the road. Uh, I don't know. Harbaugh needs to win this game. He needs to do very, very well um, the rest of the season for him to actually remain the head coach there in Michigan. I, I think that this is a good game for him to play. Um, it's on ABC. It's in prime time. I think Michigan will come out with a win in this one because of the home field advantage. All right, last on our college pick'em is our favorite UCF, the Knights. They will go on the road at the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee to take on the Memphis Tigers. Dylan, people I think here in Orlando are kind of look, overlooking Memphis. Let's not forget their, they shouldn't. Their, their quarterback, Brady White, he has 15 touchdowns this season. You got Daryl Henderson, their running back, doing exceptionally well. He has 12 touchdowns. And you got their top receiver, DeMonte Coxie. He has four touchdowns, has 30 receptions, over 466 passing yards. So let's not overlook him. I know Memphis is 4-2, but Orlando, UCF, you know, they got to keep their knowing that they got to go undefeated to get a chance in the playoff. And I think that will be enough to motivate the Knights. It will be a close game, the experts think, Dylan, but I think the Knights will come out on top on the road. I think so as well. I think the Knights are doing a great job this season. They're scoring 48.6 points per game this year. They're only allowing 17.4. However, they will allow a few more in this game. Memphis is a, a powerhouse on the offense. Um, so, But you look at total yards for the season. UCF, 574.4 they average. For Memphis, 547.2. I think UCF has the edge in this game on paper, and they also have the edge in this game on the gridiron, so this week UCF will win against the Memphis Tigers, and I think they will go to nineteen and zero. Oh, Dylan in the past nineteen games, bold prediction there. Boom, nineteen and zero, nineteen straight win for the UCF Knights. All right, now on to hockey news. <laughs> yes, now we can do hockey news. Dylan's favorite subject, as we like to talk about his Preds, and I yes. talk about my Capitals. His Preds are currently undefeated at 2-0. My Caps are 1-1. But it's early. But let's talk about some news that was announced before the season started. The NHL teams were announcing their third jerseys. Uh, Dylan, did the Preds have a jersey? I didn't see one posted anywhere. They don't have one yet. I don't think they have one yet. I mean, they're still probably debating what they want to do. I know that the alternate jersey we had back mid-2000s was a dark blue jersey with white accents all over. Um, it went over very, very well with the fans. I think that something like that would be really nice, but I, I'm not sure yet. I haven't heard anything from my insiders with the National Predators yet on what the third alternative jersey would be, but I have a feeling it will be a lot better um, than the un unveiling we had for the home and away jerseys last year, although they are growing on me. I do like them now. I didn't like them when they first came out because they were too, too gold, but I like them now. Well, Dylan, my Capitals, they are going to have a third jersey. And the Capitals are kind of going back to the roots with this one. Going back to the team's original red jersey with the white top on the, on the top, on the shoulder there. That's what they wore during the 1934-75 season when the team was the first expansion season that season. And, of course, they wore it through 1994-1995 season. So the Capitals announced they're going to wear it for 12 games during the 2018-19 season. Other teams, like the Flyers, they have like an all-black one I saw. And then the Detroit Red Wings, I don't think they have a third jersey, but the Red Wings announced, I found out on the on Twitter that the Red Wings, they, you know, on the center ice, usually have Hockey Town on the middle ice. Well, apparently they got rid of that now, 
and they're gonna go with just a normal Red Wing logo. So that's pretty weird, but it's still gonna be known as Hockey Town. <laughs> that's it's pretty gonna, weird because <laughs> they've had it there for so long. I don't know yeah, why they got rid of yeah, it. That's true. So that's crazy. But that's some news that some of the NHL teams announced. Uh, another piece of news that announced this past week while we've been on a break. The NHL Executive Committee unanimously recommends the NHL board to approve Seattle's expansion bid. Of course, last week they were at the NHL offices in New York making that presentation bid. Made a very good impression to the commissioner, Gary Bettman, and his group. And Dylan, looks like everything's full speed ahead. They're going to officially vote on this in December to make it official. And then they're going to get the shovel growing down there to remodel the key arena. And they expect this team to start and 2020-2021 season. It'll be unanimous again. I, I think this is a good move for the NHL. They need to add a 30, uh, 32nd team in the league um, to split the team up evenly. I mean, just the league up evenly. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the shakeup in divisions, though, once that team comes in. Um, because, I mean, people have been talking about this forever, talking about how the National Predators shouldn't be in the Western Conference. They should be in the Eastern Conference instead. Um, it's unfair to them because we've seen over the past few years in the playoffs where they've had to travel so much in between coasts, um, and they, they usually have a disadvantage because of that because they have so many um, air miles on them, I guess. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the shakeup of the divisions and also the expansion draft as well. The, the rules are going to stay the same as they were for the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. And UC Soros for the National Predators is not exempt from this expansion draft like he was last time. So um, it's going to be tough to keep Pecorine and UC Soros for uh, the National Predators when that expansion draft comes down the pipeline. But it'll be interesting to watch. So let's talk about the Washington Capitals, though. They uh, scored a touchdown on the Bruins in their home opener. Then they lost to the Pens. Yeah, Dylan, it was a uh, contrasting nights at night, back-to-back nights because we had two games and literally two nights. And the Capitals, I totally was not expecting them to score a touchdown on the Boston Bruins. But they were on fire that night. Devontae Smith-Pelle, Alex Ovechkin. TJ Oshie, it's like we didn't miss a beat from our playoff run back in May and June. We won the Stanley Cup. And, of course, it was a big deal. The Capitals, first Stanley Cup banner. Ovechkin, everybody's there. So it was very great to see that. And Holpe had a great night, a bunch of days. But he played Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby and them, they wanted to be us so bad after we knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And they did it. It was a very close game. We were down 6-4, to four, but made a late comeback to tie the game. And then, of course, they scored a goal in overtime uh, to win the game. Uh, TJ Oji he scored twice in that game. So the Capitals, Dylan, you know, tough start so far, but we have a, a bit of a break. Our next game is not till Wednesday when we play the Vegas Golden Knights, who we beat in the Stanley Cup. So the Capitals, it's early. Nothing to worry about, but we'll see how they do. But Dylan, your Predators, they're off to a hot start, 2-0. They, beat, they were in Brooklyn last night and beat the New York Islanders. I think it was four to two. I think it was four to three. Four to three. Four to three. Yep, yep. They got a goal in the very end. Um, But yeah, we've been playing great. We had seven goals over the past two games, so it's a great start for the Predators. I I couldn't see it any other way. Um, This is definitely a really, really good start for the team. I'm actually going to see the team next weekend. Plus, I'm going to see the Titans next weekend as well when they play the Baltimore Ravens. The Predators will be playing the Minnesota Wild when I'm there, so divisional matchup there in Smashville. Um, but it's going to be a good game too. I, I think the Predators will continue this streak. 
Um, we have Calgary coming up, so we'll get to see James Neal once again um, in, in, in Calgary. Then we have Winnipeg, and then we have the Islanders once again um, after that. So actually in Calgary, it's going to be in uh, Nashville. It's going to be opening a game for us in Bridgestone Arena on Tuesday. Thursday, Winnipeg, and Saturday, the Islanders once again. So hopefully we continue this these winning ways, and hopefully we keep scoring as well. Victor Arvidsson, he actually scored two goals last night against the Islanders. And UC Saros had a pretty good game, although he did give up three goals um, in the game. There were several key saves in that game to um, keep the streak to two and to hold that win for the National Predators. So good to, for the team so far, and I can't wait to see them play in Bridgestone Arena. It's been almost a year and a half now since I've seen them. The last time I saw them in Bridgestone, or outside of Bridgestone, was for when they played in the Stanley Cup Final against the Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, Dylan, one thing I forgot to mention, though, with the Capitals, our player, Tom Wilson, did get suspended for 20 games for that headshot. Yeah, I saw that. Which looked pretty bad, yeah. and I'm like, oh, Tom Wilson, are you ever going to figure it out? But, <laughs> but <No>. uh, <laughs> Short answer for you, no. But I, I love the guy. It's just when I see his, those shots, I'm like, oh, I'm just on the edge of my seat sometimes. But the NHL, PA, and the Capitals are trying to find a pill. They're upset. I mean, 20 games is a lot, let's be fair. But he keeps but doing it. But he's been it. doing it. So it's, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel sorry, but I kind of don't. So it's okay, though. The Capitals have historically done well without Tom Wilson in the lineup. So it's not like 20 games is going to hurt us that much. The do, Capitals we, do, we know, do we know what, how many times he's been suspended over the past, like, three seasons? I can't remember. I, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter it's he's missed. Well, if his suspension holds up. It'd be like I think somewhere between thirty-five games. Because you remember Holy during the crap. somewhere between like close to thirty, thirty-five, somewhere around there. But remember, he missed three playoff games last year, and, and then he missed another suspension for something else. So this suspension keeps piling up. And the Capitals, we we gave him a contract extension because yeah. he was the, one of the reasons why we made it to the second final and won. Yeah. So. Tom Wilson just gotta tone it down. Just tone it down a bit. I mean, just if you want to hit somebody, hit anybody anywhere else but the head. Just don't touch the head. <laughs> yeah, please, just stay away from the head. You're fine. Um, so the Predators and Washington Capitals look to extend their winning ways going into this early in the season, um, but we'll see what can happen as they continue um, in the NHL league. So yeah. let's move on to basketball news. The NBA preseason began. And the Timberwolves were trying to move Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. Um, apparently, they're asking way too much for Jimmy Butler, and Miami is out of the talks with Jimmy Butler and the Minnesota Timberwolves as we speak. Well, remember, Dylan, a few weeks ago, Jimmy Butler said, I want to get traded after they tell him I'm not going to sign a contract extension to stay here in Minnesota. And he was talking about, oh, I want to go to Clippers, or I want to go to the Brooklyn Nets, or maybe the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, at least for a few weeks, look a legit possibility because there were all these rumors about Kyrie Irving coming to New York. And then what happened last week? What One or two preseason games in, Kyrie Irving goes to the crowd and says, hey guys, I just want to let you know, I'm going to resign with the Celtics. <laughs> so you got nothing to worry about. He wants his name in the rafters, which I don't blame him. Boston is a great place to play. They have a great team too. He adds that team. He has a, a huge piece to that team, um, I think that that team is going to do really, really well this season, especially if Gordon Hayward actually can stay healthy um, after that hit, that gross, grotesque leg injury he had early in the season last year. Yeah, Dylan, I think the best-case scenario for Jimmy Butler and the T-Wolves right now is, look, hang on to him throughout the season. 
Wait to the trade deadline. You know it's going to be free agent next year. You don't want to lose him for nothing. So we'll hang on to him and see what trade offers you get. I mean, there'll be some teams out of the playoffs trying to sell, and there'll be some teams trying to get picks. Maybe the Lakers might make a, a, a piece to get them. So who knows? But these are things that I think Minnesota should do. They have nothing to worry about. It's not a big concern that my Spurs right now, the Spurs are in the preseason. We were undefeated, but we lost the Rockets today. And DeJounte Murray got injured with his knee. So we haven't heard any updates on that, but it looks like he might miss a few games. The Orlando Magic, Dylan, they had played preseason game. They play, I think, next one is tomorrow. But they won their one preseason game so far against Flamingo, which is like a Brazilian basketball team. So awesome. not sure you want to read too much into that. But that's pretty much the NBA preseason. The NBA season starts next week, Dylan, October 16th. Wow. Next Tuesday. It seems, I mean, I guess it always does go hand in hand when it comes to the playoffs with NHL and NBA, but it's just kind of strange that it's happening so quickly. Yeah, Dylan, let's talk some baseball as we got the MLB playoffs starting. Let's just do a quick recap of the NL wild card and the American League wild card game. The Rockies, they upset the Chicago Cubs in 13 innings. Two to one. It was a crazy game. I really thought a the Cubs, long game. Yeah, a long game. I it thought was, the whew. Cubs were going to escape that one, but didn't. And to be fair, the Rockies were the hottest team. I know they had to play that additional game to try to decide the division win between them and the Dodgers. So that's when their streak ended. But hey, the Rockies, they got this far, and no one expected them to get this far. Yeah, exactly. They are in a 2 0 hole right now. Um, in, against the Brewers. Against the Brewers, but we'll talk about that momentarily. With the AL wild card, the New York Yankees played against the Oakland A's, and New York just gave it to them. 7-2, to Aaron Judge had a home run. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton had a home run as well. Uh, that game was a blowout, and the Yankees are doing well um, in the series right now with the Boston Red Sox. They're 1-1 yeah, the right now. They won one. Aaron Judge got another home run, so he's been, he's been on fire. And now we go to New York. Boston, I keep saying this, the bullpen has been a concern for them. And we'll see if they can figure it out when they go to the Bronx tomorrow. Another series that we talk now, the Indians and the Astros, the defending World Series champions are up 2-0 on the Cleveland Indians. Which I don't see that as a surprise. I think Houston's been playing very, very well, even especially leading into the playoffs. I think Houston will do good things. Um, Jose Altuve, those players over there in Houston, uh, they know how to win, definitely so. I think they turn it on in the playoffs, and um, I think they're going to do some good things this season in the playoffs. And then let's move over to the Braves and Dodgers. Dodgers are up 2-0 and on the Braves. They're heading back to Atlanta tonight to play Game 3. The Braves have only scored one run in the last 36 innings. And the the game before that, 36 innings, they had 10 runs. So I don't know what's happening with the Braves right now. Their scoring is not very good. Um, hopefully they can get some hits tonight and hopefully score some runs because, I mean, they need to do this to stay alive. It's a best of five. So if they lose this game tonight, they're out, and they have to go home and watch the rest of the playoffs from their couch, which they don't want to do that. And some breaking news. The Milwaukee Brewers have swept the Rockies out of the playoffs. They won their final game, game three, 6 nothing, at home against the Rockies. So the Rockies are gone out of the playoffs. The Dodgers and Braves are going to play literally four minutes from now, 8.07 first pitch. So we'll see if the Braves can stave off elimination. Let's see if they can do it. I think they can. But it, just, uh, it all depends on their bullpen, first of all, and it all depends on their hitting as well. I think they just need to have some good hits this, uh, the, uh, the, in this game, and playing in front of the home crowd will do really, really good things for the Atlanta Braves. 
Let's move on to JT's favorite segment of the week. It's the football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Linda. As always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And I know we missed a few weeks, but don't worry, guys. I'm here to catch you all up. So for my weekend recap, let's talk about what's been going on in Europe. Lots of drama there. PSG, Kylian Mbappe had four goals in like 13 minutes. That's been crazy as PSG route Lyon 5-0. Man City and Liverpool had a 0-0 draw today. Mares had a penalty kick, and he missed it. Missed it. That would have gave his team the win over Liverpool. They did not. So now you got Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea atop in the Premier League. Barcelona continues to struggle as they can only manage a 1-1 draw against Valencia in La Liga play, that is. And Bayern Munich, they lose another game to Borussia Mönchengladbach, 3-0. And Bayern Munich is really struggling right now in the Bundesliga. They're in sixth place in that league right now. And that's not good. This is a team that's been winning the Bundesliga for quite some time the past few years. And their rivals, Dortmund, are sitting on top of the league. Real Madrid, Dylan, they, this is the fourth game they've played, and they have not scored a goal as they lose at Deportivo Alaves 1-0. And Lupetegui, their manager, is getting on the hot seat, just like the Bayern Munich coach. So those two got some work to figure out. Otherwise... They may not make it by the end of the month by the way their teams are going right now. Orlando City news. Orlando City, Dylan, we had our game last night in Dallas, Texas. Well, technically Frisco, but Dallas area against SC Dallas. And we lost that game 2-0. And we still have not won a game since July, I think it was. So with that result, Dylan, it's official. Orlando City has now been officially eliminated from playoff Race. Surprise, surprise. Not that we really have much of a chance to begin with anyways, but we're done. Orlando City will have to look to rebound as we will play New England this weekend. We're just playing for pride at this point, so we'll see what happens as we get focused on next year. Now on to some soccer news. Orlando, the city beautiful as we call it here, has announced they will be hosting the 2019 MLS All-Star Game. It's going to be either in July or August. But that's when Orlando's going to host that game. So, very excited. I'll probably go check that out. Orlando Pride, last we talked about their season ended. Uh, their coach, Tom Smarney, has left the club. Uh, the team really faltered towards the end. And both sides decided mutually part ways. So, he's left the club. No news yet, Dylan, our Orlando Pride's new coach as of right now. Speaking of Orlando, their other soccer team, indoor soccer team, Orlando Seawolves. They announced their schedule for the 2018-2019 Major Arena Soccer League as they will host the St. Louis Ambush on Friday, November 30th at the Silver Spur Arena at Osceola Heritage Park. That will be the first game. The United Soccer League announced a rebrand. So their top league right now, as known as the United Soccer League, will be renamed as the USL Championship. Their new Division Three League, which starts next year, will be known as USL League 1, and the PDL will now be known as USL League 2. The Houston Dynamo won the 2018 U.S. Open Cup, shutting out Philadelphia 3-0. The North Carolina Courage, they won the 2018 NWSL Championship. And then late news that broke last week, the Tampa Bay Rays, Dylan, have decided to purchase the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which I went to the game last night. They lost to Charlotte Independence 2-1, their last home game of the year. But Bill Edwards, he's done a lot for that franchise in five years, getting very popular down in the St. Pete, Tampa area. 
And it's been speculation because you know Tampa Rays are trying to build a stadium in downtown Tampa. So if they get a stadium built, it's possible the Rowdies, the soccer team, could go with them to Tampa. So we'll see how that develops. I believe the team, there was an undisclosed sale, but I saw someone in it that the Tampa Rowdies are valued at $25 million. Now, the Rays have said they're not going to push MLS for expansion. They're going to keep that team in USL and focus on the stadium for both teams. So we'll see how that develops. UEFA Champions League, Manchester United gets a draw in their game against Valencia. Barcelona wins a thriller in the Wembley Stadium as a Messi gets two goals to lead him to a 4-2 victory over Tottenham Hotspur. PSG dominated Red Star 6-1. And Napoli, of course, upsets Liverpool 1-0. So now we got some games to watch this week. It's going to be most international because it's an international break. We got USA against Colombia, which that game will be on Tuesday, Dylan. In, I'm sorry, not Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. And then Michael Bradley's going to be in the roster. First time he's been on the roster, Dylan, since we did not beat Trans-Bago last year and did not make the World Cup. So we'll see how he does. Croatia against England, that's going to be on the 12th. Rematch of the semifinal at the World Cup. So that's going to be an interesting game for the UEFA Nations League. And then on Saturday, you got Netherlands against Germany on Saturday the 13th. Another interesting UEFA Nations League matchup. And that, guys, will conclude my football recap of the week. Let's head on to some miscellaneous news, and we do have some soccer news. The soccer club PSG and Jordan Brand unveiled apparel collection for the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, the UEFA Champions League. Uh, UEFA, whatever. You know, well, <laughs> Dylan, we've seen the Jordan brand yeah, gone yeah, all yeah. over the place. It was just basketball. We've seen it recently in college football. The Florida Gators, they got the Jordan brand in their jersey now. And now we're seeing it in soccer uh, with PSG. And I believe Michael Jordan was at one of the games recently. I can't remember which game it was, but I saw someone on Twitter that said that he was at one of the soccer games. I think it was this Champions League game he was at. So very interesting news there. Uh, we've been out for a month, but in case you missed anything, the Seattle Storm did win the WNBA championship. Uh, Brianna Stewart helped lead the team to their third championship, so congrats to the Seattle Storm as they swept the Washington Mystics. The Alliance of American Football League, Dylan, they announced their team names for the league this upcoming season. So locally, because we live here in Orlando, Dylan, our team will be called the Orlando Apollos. I hate that. I, I, I What? <laughs> What? Do you hear? Okay, listen to these other names. The Memphis Express. Kind of stupid, but okay. It, it looks cool. I get it, though. The, the logo is Yeah, it's cool. The Birmingham Iron. Yeah, like, it's like the steel industry in Birmingham. I get that one. That makes sense. The San Diego Fleet. Well, they that got the Navy base cool. there, I, so I, that I, makes that's sense. That's what I'm saying. The San Antonio Commanders. Yeah, because San Antonio is known as Military City USA. So that's why they went with that name. The Salt Lake Stallions. Okay, Horses in Utah, okay. The Arizona Hot Shots. Yeah. I like that one the most. Yeah, I was hoping that would be like an XFL team or something. Why are we the Orlando Apollos? Hey, don't forget about the Atlanta Legends. Oh, oh and the Atlanta Legends, too. I didn't even see that at the very bottom. But, uh, yeah, the Apollos, they said they went with that what? name because of Sunshine and Apollos the Sun God or oh something. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, they're stretching. They were, they were stretching they're stretching talking about one. the space, space, state, the Port Canaveral. I'm like, what does okay. that guy do with? Oh, oh. I don't like it. But the team name may not be great, but let's hope the team is good at least. Let's hope so. We'll see in a few months and see if they actually have winning ways like UCF. All right, Dylan, the Ryder Cup was not this past weekend, but the week before, and Team Europe dominated the United States team 
as Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson struggled. And then, Dylan, let's talk about what happened. I didn't watch the fight. I don't think you said you did either, but I saw all the, the, the chaos on Twitter this morning. I saw what it, too. What happened? Uh, it, something happened Conor between McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's a talker. He's a smack talker. Yeah, we, 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 he, we know he's a talker. He's a smack talker. That's how he gets in the mind of his opponent. Apparently, he brought up like his dad, his religion, his his uh, just everything, his family, all that kind of stuff when he was smack talking. Um Whatever his name is. Uh, so Connor got into his head, got him upset. Connor tapped out of uh, a choke, a submission hold. And at that point, uh, what's his name again? Rusev? No. I forgot what his name was. Um, the fighter pushed him down, started pointing to Connor McGregor's side of the, or- of the octagon, jumped over the cage in the octagon, started brawling with people out in the audience. Yeah, I heard uh, Khabib Namagamadov was trying to get after Conor McGregor's coach. Yes. Uh, barely said something. And it was like a brawl or something. And then I saw on Twitter one of Khabib Namagamadov's people went to the octagon to try to fight Conor McGregor. Punched him in the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a brawl. Several people got arrested in this too. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Khabib is not getting paid for the fight now because of all this that happened. Yeah, and there's talk that because Dana White was there, he was pissed off <laughs> of course he was and he's talking about stripping his title because it, it, it made it's, it's making his league UFC look really bad right look now. very very bad so it's not good for Khabib but he did win this match he did beat Conor McGregor for a second time um, and he advanced 27 and 0 uh, that's huge for that fighter um, and Conor McGregor had his fourth loss I believe in his career so um, Connor, I mean, he he's he didn't look too hot in this match. Um, hopefully, he can bounce back because the UCF uh, UFC is better when Conor McGregor is winning. It, it's just better for the sport. He is that sport. He is the like the icon of the UFC in these days. So it's better when he's winning. Um, let's move on to winners and losers for the week. JT, I'll start with you first. Well, my winner this week is, the, of course, the NHL Seattle expansion bid. When a few years ago, this had been a rumor for a long time, and Seattle was always was rumored to be a city for NHL, but they never had a stadium. And now that they got a stadium, that they're going to remodel the key arena, we'll see what happens. But I'm always excited. I used to live out in the Pacific Northwest, so I know they're excited. And we know Seattle, they support their sports teams with the Sounders and the baseball team, the Mariners. And hopefully, whenever the Sonics come back, we'll see. But they were very popular there, too. And, of course, the Seahawks, the 12th man and all that. And the Vancouver Canucks, they'll definitely be happy because they won't be all out by the loans themselves out there in the Pacific Northwest. They'll have a neighbor nearby. So I'm sure they're very excited. So that's my winner this week. Congrats to uh, Simulwiki and all those guys working hard to get that uh, arena situation all settled there. My loser this week, Dylan, is unfortunately Nebraska and UCLA, two historic college football programs and they've hit rock bottom. Literally, both teams combined 0 and 10. Scott Frost cries himself to sleep every single night. Since he started with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, he has cried himself to sleep because he watches UCF and says, "You know what? I could be coaching that team and potentially going to the college football playoff." Now he's coaching his team, hoping to get his first win of his career for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. It's just not good for Scott Frost. And it's Chip, not good. And Chip Kelly, I don't know what he's doing in UCLA. A lot of people brought him back thinking that he was going to get that aura that he had at Oregon. 
but he just hasn't figured it out in the quarterback situation. UCLA, they've really struggled. Well, and that. also, I mean, Nick Saban struggled when he first started in, in college football, got good at LSU, um, then went over to the NFL, coached there for a while, did not do well in the NFL, kind of like Chip Kelly did with the Philadelphia Eagles, then went back to college football, and he started winning again. I think it just takes time for Chip Kelly, but I don't think anybody expected him to go 0-4 in the college, uh, 0 and 5, no, 0 and 6 now. Um, it just doesn't look good for UCLA and Chip Kelly right now. Yeah, Dylan. Anyway, who are your winners and losers this week? My winner this week was going to be Victor Arvidsson with his stellar goal last night. Yeah, I saw that on on ESPN Man Plus. That was Fake crazy. pass, shot it through his legs. Broke went, that guy's ankles. Broke his ankles, went up to the goalie, hesitated, then shot it in the five hole. Absolutely incredible goal. If you haven't seen it, go see it because it's it's phenomenal. Um, it's it's Philip Forsberg esque. It's incredible to see two puck handlers like Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg on the same exact team. They don't get the recognition they deserve. Um, but I was watching the game this afternoon with the Vikings and the Eagles, and the Vikings nose tackle Linval Joseph. He had the first touchdown of the game. He caught a he got a fumble recovery. And ran it 64 yards for a touchdown. That boy could run. He's a big boy. And he ran pretty quickly to get to the end zone. He got a little gas at the very end. He was rocking some shades on the sideline when he was getting some oxygen. So um, game ball goes to Linval. I, I think he, he did a great job for the team today. And that's what led them to winning that game um, in the end. So congratulations to him. My loser this week is none other than Titans wide receiver Nick Williams. Go back to the practice squad. You don't deserve to be on the National Football League team um, for the Tennessee Titans. I think you need to have some more development before you get to the league again. Um, and they need a new wide receiver in Tennessee. That's my winners and losers. Let's move on to final thoughts. JT, I'll give it to you first. All right, Dylan. So what I'm going to talk about is when I talked about my winner about the Seattle expansion for the hockey team. Now I'm going to talk about the other side, which this is the NBA. So there was a report that came out cause this past weekend or a week. The Kings and the Golden State Warriors were in Seattle, Key Arena, playing a preseason game up there. And it was a sold-out crowd. They were there to see Kevin Durant. Because you remember, his first year in the NBA, he was with the Seattle Sonics before they moved to Oklahoma City. And he was dunking and getting threes and everything. I mean, he looked like KD back when he was there in Seattle. And that's great to see Seattle all buzzing like that for potential NBA return. However, there's speculation in the media saying that the NBA, the earliest that a Seattle team could come back won't be dealing until 2025. And that's only because that's when their current TV deal is up. And that's when NBA may consider re-expansion. So unfortunately for those Seattle fans, it's good that, that game they played, the preseason game this past week, might be the last time to see basketball for quite some time. Now they'll have the hockey arena bill all set up, but it's going to be a while. Now, I did see that there were all speculation about the Memphis Grizzlies, that they're trying to get a situation figured out, and they may be on the move, but I don't think they'll, that owner is going to sell the team, and I'm sure Memphis, they'll find a way to keep the team there. So, for Seattle, I know it's been a long way, eight, uh, 10 years, yeah, because they moved in 2008, so 10 years, but you just got to wait a little longer. Look at Winnipeg Jets, just north of you. They waited, what, 20 plus years for the Jets to come back, and they came back. So, don't worry, Seattle Super Bowl fans, it's only a matter of time before the Sonics come back. My final thought this week goes out to my Nashville trip coming up this weekend. Um, we'll have a podcast after I get back. It'll be um, not this coming up week, but the next week. Uh, but 
hopefully these teams, the Tennessee Titans and the Nashville Predators, hopefully the Nashville Predators continue their winning ways to where they're successful when I'm there against the Minnesota Wild. But for the Tennessee Titans, you have to look inside yourselves. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what's going on. Your defense is playing great for you. They're keeping you in games. Now go out there on offense and score some points. You're playing to the level of your competition every single week, and that ju- it will not do it in the NFL. It will not do it in the league. I think they need to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out how to be successful on offense. Matt LaFleur is doing a great job so far, but you know they need to find playmakers. They need to have these wide receivers actually make plays with the ball when they get it in their hands if they can actually catch the ball. That's one thing they need to do. Figure out how to catch the ball, and guess what? Today we could have won that game if you would have just had one catch. Nick Williams, I'm talking to you. My loser of the week was the reason why the Tennessee Titans lost today. He needs to do better. The whole team needs to do better. Um, Marcus Mariota can't do it on his own. He has to have targets to throw to. Delaney Walker is a huge hole in that team. That's the reason why this team has been struggling, I think. Um, he hasn't had a solid play, uh, ball catcher, essentially. Um, last week, we saw it with Corey Davis. Corey Davis stepped up. Taewon Taylor stepped up. Tajay Sharp stepped up. These players need to step up each and every week for us to win in the league. And hopefully, I can go on Periscope or do a broadcast in Nashville when I'm there and congratulate the team on a win. Hopefully so. Well, Nick Williams, I can tell you is... When Dylan goes up there, you might want to take a vacation. <laughs> I'm worried he's going to track you down. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is the team is going to put him on vacation. Um, I don't think he's going to choose by his own own free will to go on vacation. But yeah, again, t- Tennessee, you you looked so good last week. You looked so good against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your defense is doing things in the game to keep you competitive, but you just squander the opportunities. Don't squander the opportunities against the Baltimore Ravens. They are a stout defense. Their offense is susceptible, though, to big plays. Uh, I I think the defense can actually do some things and get to Joe Flacco next week. Um, But again, Isaiah Crowell, too. Stop him. We, We couldn't stop the run today. And you know why? We were missing two veteran players on defense. Wesley Woodyard. He's usually the run stopper. But guess what? He wasn't there today. Those linebackers need to step up as well. So... Hopefully, we get a win next week, and we extend uh, to 4-2 and two on the season, and that would look really good. I think that we would surprise a lot of people with going 4-2 and two, um, so early in the season, but we'll just have to see if they can win. So, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, at Abounds with Dylan James, on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can follow me at Dylan underscore James. You can also follow me on Instagram at Dylan James underscore FL, as in Florida. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSocka Sports. And you can email me. It's JT at outofboundspodcast.com. You can also email me as well, Dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week, guys. And we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>